It's time for Confessions of a Serial Salesman. Author, expert sales trainer, and serial entrepreneur Steve Noodleberg wants to help you change your life and your business using his 27 roles for influencers and leaders. Tell me something good. This is the Confessions of a Serial Salesman podcast with Steve Noodleberg. Here's Josh Cohen. And welcome to yet another edition of the Confessions of a Seal Salesman, the podcast based on the book in hardcover and paperback and, of course, on audiobook. 27 Rules for Influencers and Leaders, and this is a post-Father's Day edition, so let me be the last to wish you a happy belated Father's Day. Steve. I want Father's Day to be every day. I, it was an awesome day. spent the whole day with my dad. My two boys, my grandson. You had four generations. It was a lot of Noodleberg. You, 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 <laughs> had, you had your grandson, your son, and your dad, and all of you together. You all know how blessed us, you yeah, are to get to yeah, do that? It was, uh, yeah. And I, uh, yeah, I, I, th- I think about it every minute of every day. doesn't happen often enough, but I'm grateful that it did happen, and gratitude is a good thing, and we're going to talk about that with Gratitude is everything. Maintaining an attitude of gratitude. You know the most valuable commodity in all of life is? Not platinum. It's not plutonium. It's, it's not, not a stuff. You know what it is? You know what the most valuable commodity in all of life Let's is? Let's hear it. Time. Time. That's it. Just time. Yes. Time. Just like Hootie the Blowfish thing. Time. Steve Jobs had a lot of money, a lot of power, a lot of fame. Couldn't buy him a pancreas, could it? By the way, I want to welcome you back to the well, show. Thank you. Yes, I missed we last missed week. We missed you last week. First yeah. time. You know, Ever. We, show has to go on, though. Yeah. My man Kenny was great. Ken Lavica held he, down the fort. He was, was awesome. Thank you, Ken. It was awesome. Thank yeah. you for making it easy. Steve. Yeah, thank don't, you, man. Uh, it was... Don't get used to it, though. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Why don't you introduce us to your guests? Because we're on the angle of thoughtfulness and gratitude and mindset, and that's really what your guest and your friend who's here today is all about. So I'm excited to talk about this subject because when I met Shelly years ago, she was one of the fast rising stars in corporate America. Mm-hmm. And she's one of those people who said, stop the presses. I'm getting off. Really? And I said, what do you mean? Stop <laughs> the ride. Stop the ride. Uh, what do you mean? You're going, off. you're on the rocket ship. This, what are you doing? This Ferris wheel. Uh, so highly, uh, you know, recognized and really, you know, a, a great business mind who said, I have something better to offer something that's more personal to me. And she invited me to Hollywood Beach, mm-hmm. uh, where at that time there was probably a couple of hundred, now there's probably a couple of thousand people who go on Sunday morning to meditate. And To meditate. And it was like, this was before, it, it's like it's gotten a little bit more vogue now, but mm-hmm. this is way before it was like, what do you mean corporate America should meditate and have, you know, be more mindful? And so I'm fascinated by the subject. I'm fascinated by her. And I'm thrilled that her and her son, Liam, welcome. Uh, thanks for coming up. And uh, the show, I want you to share everything about this movement that is so real to you. So it's going to be genuine and authentic. And I know my audience, audience is going to love it. So welcome. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for man. having me. Yeah. I'm really happy to be here. With cool. you. Chief yes, you Mindfulness Officer, Yuru Meditation and Mindfulness. Steve says uh, mindfulness. First of all, what is that? What is my, for the masses, Good, what's I'm mindfulness? Glad. What yeah. is it? Sure. So what do you think it is? 
Well, I think it is being aware of yourself in all things, in a center of balance, in a state of mind in which you can put things in its proper perspective, being mindful by definition, but more introspectively. That's my definition. Okay. And Steve? What do you think it is? Um, I, I think it's paying attention to what uh, signals your brain is sending you. Mm. Mm. Okay. So um, possibly the combination of both, okay. but more than that. Okay. So mindfulness is really the ability to um, to to pause, to take note, mm-hmm. non-judgmentally of what's happening with you internally, what's happening in the world externally, and to really be in the present moment. So you talked about your exciting day yesterday and how all of those moments that you were having, you were trying to relish in them and really be present for them mm. because you were experiencing this gratitude and you were overwhelmed by how amazing the experience was of being able to have four generations together and you recognize that this isn't something that is going to happen perpetually every year forevermore right Mm -hmm. unfortunately unfortunately right right. right. but but being able to actually just be in that moment and relish the opportunity and to be present both in that experience and also be present with another person is really just something that we need to get better at doing because in our society, in our culture, we reward this culture of busyness. Mm-hmm. And so when people talk about not doing anything, it's almost like there's this guilt associated right, without you're lazy, doing anything. You're, you're slumming. You're, right. Yeah, I could see that. Right. But, you, know, you know, social media perpetuates world. it as yeah. well. But actually doing nothing is really doing something too. I subscribe to something that I always believed and that I saw printed on a pillow or it was on a wall placard. And it said, <laughs> um, the time you waste is not wasted time if you're doing what you want. You're not what people. Oh, I'm, I wasted the whole day away. Because they didn't go to the gym, yeah. Because they didn't open their spreadsheets, right. Because they didn't. But if they were enjoying what they were doing, right, then you're not wasting the day, are you? You're not wasting the time. Time wasted means that you're waiting for a delayed flight, and you and you really, it's not what you wanted to be. You didn't want to be stuck in the airport. But if you want to be on your bed and you want to be reading a book, or you wanted to be sitting there staring at the ceiling, thinking about life and memories, that's not wasting time, is it? But why can't you theoretically do that um, when you're? wasting time right. waiting for a delayed flight correct exactly and that's where the mindfulness comes in exactly and that's so that becomes a practice or a discipline just like every other well yeah so mindfulness so there's a formal practice right which is meditation and i think there's a stigma attached to it people mm-hmm. think that meditation is like a monk on a mountaintop in an ashram yeah. you're weird burning oh, incense yes. saying yeah. om you know oh, you and mean that's not what it is <laughs> <laughs> yeah it can be that right. Um, but really, no, it's not. But there's a formal practice. Meditation basically means that you are um, making time to to take the time to do nothing and to actually just sit in silence or with a guided meditation practice or following you know, somebody's guidance to just be with yourself and turn inward. And what mindfulness is, is it's really taking meditation off of the cushion. And it means like incorporating the principles of meditation mm-hmm. into your daily life. So it could be even in doing the most mundane tasks that you don't want to be doing. For mm-hmm. example, washing dishes, being stuck in traffic, you know. Which are all real things. Which are all real, real things, but you can actually be doing those things mindfully and you can be in that moment washing a dish. Or like imagine when was the last time you walked into a Starbucks and somebody was just 
sitting down and actually having a cup of coffee and doing nothing else. Never. Right, because you would look at them like they're psychotic. Yeah, you would say, right. like, what's wrong with right. you? You're like, are you French? Like, you're, why are you sitting here having an espresso and doing nothing else? And just relishing in the fact that they're having that coffee, the smell. Right. The... they're mindfully drinking the coffee, okay. and they're just enjoying the moment and enjoying the things that we now see as, like, mundane because we think that we have to be in this, like, multitasking mode, which, by the way, is a myth. There's no such thing as multitasking. This is scientifically proven. Correct. Mm-hmm. Um, your bot, your mind just rapidly changes, and some people are better at flipping that channel than others. Um, but it actually does us a disservice. So being able to kind of reclaim our minds and being able to um, just pause momentarily throughout the day mm-hmm. allows us to um, strengthen. Our minds. Right, but I'm holding in my hand right here um, your biggest obstacle in your career, in crack your profession. Uh, pretty much crack cocaine. I'm holding up a, a smartphone. I'm yes. ho- uh, holding up a, a phone that all of us now, whether we want to believe it or not, cannot imagine our day, sure. let alone our lives without. You just you, you, It owns you. By you minutes, schedule right. every aspect of it. Mm-hmm. This device, a smartphone, it's changing the wiring of our brains. It's yeah. changing mm-hmm. and it's making your job not only more difficult, but also more necessary, isn't it? Yes, it is. This is very true. So yes, uh, phones and technology for sure can be a blessing and a curse. And I think that um, what's really interesting is that when you look at what's happening in Silicon Valley now, a lot of the developers that came out of like Google and Apple um, and there's conferences. I just went to a conference in March called Wisdom 2.0 where where these folks were there and they were talking about, oh my God, what have we done? Like Pandora's box is open. And yep. they're now trying, a lot of them who don't work in that field anymore are actually talking about, this. yeah, the hum- like how we can be human again and how to limit. And they're we, trying we are to addicted like, addicted to this. We are. And the phones are designed to, to be dopamine. And yeah. They're that, designed that to be all day long, boom, boom, all day long. Yeah. It's just like being addicted to drugs for sure. And well, so, but just like with drug addicts, there's a way to sort of, you know, start to curtail um, that that feeling. And the way to do that is to be able to be more disciplined about just, even if it's just starting with 10 minutes a day, I think what happens is, is that same thing that we do on January 1st every year. You know, we have these resolutions mm-hmm. that are, we don't keep, statistically speaking, right. and are not look successful. Look at the gym January 1st, well, yeah. and then look at the gym February 1st. Right, <laughs> because we, we, right. We, we have these like lofty goals for ourselves that are just not realistic, and I think that if we could just incrementally, you know, if it's five minutes, then 10 minutes, and, and we start to develop these habits of being able to pause, being able to be away from our phones, mm-hmm. being able to not have the phone be the first thing that you look at when you wake up in the morning, you mm-hmm. know? Um, those are all habits that you could start to cultivate. And I think that eventually, and I know that eventually what happens is, is that you, you are able to um, not have that anxiety that you feel when you're, when you're like missing out or you're away from something. All right, but, but here's the thing. So we're already in this whole web of irony and contradiction um, because the smartphone to make your life better, but it's making our lives worse. You as a guest are a completely um, almost in direct uh, well, I guess opposite correlation to what this whole podcast has been, which is how you can work harder, how you can sell more, uh, how you can be more successful. I was just going to say the same thing. This <laughs> flies right in the contradiction face of, of how, right. you know, sales is programmed. Sales is more, sales is massive action and massive activity. 
And then, you know, you and we've talked about yeah, this, sure. that there is a place in sales in corporate America that's growing mm-hmm. where you can burn out. And so mm-hmm. we can speak to that. Yeah, absolutely. So I actually don't think it's in contradiction. I actually think it's the smarter way to sell or do anything. It is. I think taking, having the ability to kind of to take a pause and we, we, we chatted about this a little bit, you know, the, the purpose of meditation, people think a lot that it's to clear your brain. Mm-hmm. And you can't clear your brain. You can't clear your mind. I mean, maybe if you're in a coma and even then, like, who knows, right? <laughs> Sleep does that. Even the Dalai Lama does not have, right. like, a clear brain. He has right. thoughts that flood into his mind when right. he's meditating on a cushion. Um, human beings, the average human being has 70,000 thoughts per day. Yeah. So just imagine how many thoughts are flooding into your head every single second. Yeah. And there were 80% of those thoughts are repetitive thoughts. So we're, like, expending energy just mindlessly, we really are. And so imagine if you could conserve those energies and just cut down that like useless time by a third or maybe even 20%. It would be incredible, right? All of a sudden you'd have like more time, you'd you have think, more energy, right? right. And, and so the point is, is that when you meditate, what you'd like to do is learn to live in the gaps. And what that, mean is, that, that means that it, you want to learn to respond instead of react. Mm-hmm. Most of us are in reactive mode all the time. We react mindlessly. We don't think. We automatically fire off an email. We automatically respond um, when we get a text message. We are programmed or we, you know, we're just mindlessly programmed to sell, sell, sell. We're machines. No. Where does selling succeed when there's a human connection? How do you create human connection? Through compassion, through connecting through the heart through being able to have mindful conversations with somebody and really listening to them about their life and their childhood and their kids and their father getting a haircut on Father's <laughs> Day, right? All of these things that really make it authentic and genuine and connection. And when that happens and you're able to not just rush through the process and treat um, people and corporations like they're just a number, like they're a lead or an opportunity that you want to convert, then magical things can happen. All right, so in layman's terms, because we don't want this to flower folks' heads because you know it inside out. Um, some of them are, are learned on this subject, but let's, let's just real simply define the difference between responding and reacting. Most of us react. Most of us just do, right? The best athletes in the world are supposed to. React. Well, it's called instinct. It's called you right. Know, that's well, it's muscle memory. It's right. muscle memory, right. but but it, but it can be military. We talk about off the sure. air. We were talking about law enforcement. Mm-hmm. Uh, explain the difference between responding and reacting, just so everyone understands sure. that those are two very different things. And you want to shift people off of the one being the respond, excuse mm-hmm. me, the react, and onto the respond, which right. involves thinking and pausing. Right. So reacting is just um, being on autopilot. Mm-hmm. And it means that you have this like groove that you've been in for a long time. It's a habit. It doesn't necessarily mean it's a good one, right? Um, And it means like, so for an athlete, it could be muscle memory because they've practiced for over 10,000 hours and they they absolutely know, like Tiger Woods knows how to hit a golf shot, right? Mm -hmm. But where did Tiger Woods' like um, game start to deteriorate? It was when... It wasn't his ability physically or any athlete for that matter. Like if you're an athlete standing at a, you know, at a penalty, if you're a basketball player and you're, you want to make, you know, penalty shot, you've taken that shot a million times. You, you can make that basket, but what's happening when you're standing there and there's like people yelling at you and there's all this pressure. It's not that you don't have the ability to make that shot. It's that you, 
you you get into your own head mm-hmm. and something happens and so all of a sudden you're not able to visualize that shot mm-hmm. you're not connected with your brain and your muscle memory just goes to the wayside and you miss the shot and you forget how to swing or you slice the shot you know and so basically the difference is is that you're able to sort of kick yourself back into gear and you're able to say wait a minute I need to create something called a pattern interrupt. Pattern interrupt. Right. Okay. The pattern interrupt I like this a lot. This is, is a few seconds. It could take four seconds. It could be up to 16 seconds. You train your brain to create a pattern interrupt. And that pattern interrupt really creates that shift from reaction into response. Because just in that moment, you can pause and say, wait a minute. Am I going to go right or am I going to go left? Well, I've always gone left and this is how it turned out for me. So let me try to go right and right. maybe I can cultivate like a new habit. Which is very conscious. That's yes, super totally conscious. Stay, it takes right. seconds, right. nanoseconds sometimes, you know, when you're really good at creating those pattern interrupts throughout the day. And the way to create a pattern interrupt is really simple. It's something that all of us have and it's not your phone. Mm-hmm. It's actually your breath which is the most portable device ever. All of us know how to breathe. Just breathe. Because we're alive. Um, And so if you're able to connect with your breath, which is the anchor, then you can create a pattern interrupt simply by being able to count to four and breathe in, pause for four, and then breathe out for four. That's as simple as it is. And you can do it. Say that again? You breathe in? Breathing in to the count of four seconds, pausing for the count of four, and then exhaling out through your mouth for the in through the nose, the hold out through the mouth. You never did any meditation stuff. I'm surprised you never did. I've gone to the beach. I mean, I loved it. You know, <laughs> yeah, it, it's far for me to go now on a Sunday morning. But you know, I'm actually thinking about going down there and staying at a hotel and just doing it again. It, it listen, it's great. It's like everything else. If you do it one time, it doesn't work. You have to Correct. commit to it, do it, and be in. Well, you got to knock down. In it. You got to knock down that wall, that door. You got to get through that door. You know, mindfulness is like, okay, I want to be mindful. Okay, I'm mindful now. <laughs> like you've got to break. Like Jim Morrison saying, you got to break on through to the other side, That's don't you? True. Yeah. I mean, it's going to take a little time, a little effort. Six People should not be discouraged. Weeks. Six to eight weeks. If you can commit to spending ten minutes a day, and this is again scientifically proven. There's thousands of studies now that have been at the most influential universities and. The National Institute of Health is funding these um, these these projects and these these mm-hmm. research uh, projects, and basically, if you can just you know take ten minutes a day and commit to doing this every single day, by the fourth week you'll start to sense something, and by the sixth to the eighth week, you will experience something called that I call the Matrix moment. So everybody's uh, seen the movie The Matrix. Sure. When things start to slow down, right? Um, yeah, the bullets coming at you and you all of a sudden have a moment and things just slow down. I mean, people have told me like when they're in a car accident, for example, that mm-hmm. like in that moment of the crash before, right, things just slow down. Yep. So it, it happens to you at any moment. You could be like at the supermarket at the checkout counter and this woman in front of you is writing a check and you're like, who the hell writes checks anymore? And you find yourself completely (laughs) getting crazy over something and you realize, wait a minute, I'm just going to take a pause here. Things slow down. All of a sudden it's all good. You realize she's like a 90 year old woman and you know, 
we get it. I, I use the term yeah. matrix moment. I've used it on the air for, well, since the movie came out. I've yeah. used it on the air since, and I use it in sports. You talk about 10,000 hours, and I think we're referring to Malcolm Gladwell and Outliers sure. and the pattern of success. And we had this conversation in studio when I, the real job I have hosting the, the show, talk about, you know, with fighters that I know, with professional fighters in the UFC, about achieving that matrix moment where now you're able to slow it all down, slow down the moment. You see that punch coming. You see that kick coming. You see the setup for, and when everything's slow, you hear great athletes in all sports. All Steve, the you know, yeah. they tell me the game slows down for me. Yeah. Tom Brady plays the game at 33 I can see RPM. that ball coming at me, right? going away. Yeah. Know, the whole. Tom Brady uh, plays the game. He meditates, at, by the way, oh, regularly. But, sure. yeah. but, but he sees yeah. the game in a slow where it's all calm and I read the defense. I'm going to move this safety over with my eyes. And folks are listening. Well, I don't play football. What does this matter to me? Well, if you listen to this podcast, you're trying to improve. You're trying to get better. You're trying to be more successful, more effective. And we're saying you can do more by doing less. Correct. L- listen to that. Just yeah. pause. So, so here's where the the paradigm shift has to happen for me. Like how? Do, and you've been doing this, so I know you can speak to it. How does it fall into a corporate mentality mm. as opposed to like mm. I understand you're telling me, and yeah. I make a choice if I want to get better. You know, this is a is something I could look at. Right. But corporate conversation sure. in the boardroom, you know, yeah. yeah, walk me through that. Sure. So blue chip companies, some of the biggest, you know, Fortune 500 companies. I work with Disney, for example, now, you know, and you look at companies like Aetna or GM or GE and not just the Silicon Valley companies that think this is something sexy and hipster right. to right. like this invest. This is the now thing. Yeah, right? exactly. No, no, no. Like really tr- like companies where you'd be like, what? They practice mindfulness? So I've been working with companies doing um, mindfulness consulting, strategic consulting, and I basically come in and I'm like a fly on the wall. I sit in their meetings, in their weekly meetings that the executives have, and they and I notice how they talk to each other, how present they really are. Um, and Which is probably not very not present, right? because right? they're all on their phone unless That's they're right. talking. I don't want to be here. I got to go. <laughs> Correct. Exactly. And the meetings wind up lasting way too long. And then everybody leaves and they're like, what was I supposed to do again? And then nothing gets accomplished. Okay. Right. And so the idea is that if we can just actually be present together and learn how to do that and shift the corporate culture to a mindful culture, then we can actually accomplish more in less time. It's like the book, The Four Day Work Week, or, you know, or whatever. What is it? Three days, four days? I don't know. Let's four. try to get it down yeah. to one. Um, <laughs> one <laughs> but day. yeah. Well, but, well does but any that's company want to say that they're not mindful? Yeah, you know, that sure. to me sounds like you know, well, it's not that they're not mindful, be more mindful. That no. you want to be more mindful. So I don't know that any company would come out and say, boy, we're really like, you know, we're, we're totally just a mindless company because <laughs> then their stocks would right. plummet. No, but, but if it's like, hey, we're taking today and we're going to practice mindfulness and meditation. A lot of companies say, do Get that. your asses back to Not work. True. Be productive. Go through. No, I'm saying. Not today. Well, I'm saying some of the mindset will yeah. be, what's this hocus pocus I, hippie I believe BS? There, there is a, you know, there's some you know thing you have to overcome because I would think most people would think. Okay, that sounds great, but you do that on your time. Right. That doesn't take place right. here. Right. So the, here yeah. we're in business. Right. right. Business is about And that's a hurdle speed, that needs you know, right. to either be run, Which is why I run over. But that's 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 where, you know, I think somebody and there's a lot of people like me, by the way, who have a corporate background. There's nobody like you. <laughs> well, generally speaking. He says it every week. <laughs> he says it just so you know. This episode is sixty nine. He said it sixty eight other times. Just so you know. So there are people who have come from the corporate world and are either still in the corporate world and practice mindfulness, but have kind of become these mindful ambassadors in their corporations. And I'm sort of, I've been, you know, waving that flag 
um, and trying to infiltrate, um, even as a, you know, as a Trojan horse sometimes where I yeah. kind of come in and say, hey, let me just come in and, you know, offer a mindfulness session and see what happens, you know, or just give you a report as to what your meetings are like and how, where I think there might be some areas of improvement. And I think that if you can kind of take it to the practical level and not make it at first about, hey, let's go on retreat and take like a day off and invest in your employees in that way where people feel like their productivity levels are going down. That sounds counterproductive, right. Right. So if I can actually just use it as you would define as rocket fuel, right, right? and it could be a catalyst Uh to make you more productive, then all of a sudden people are all ears and they're like, okay, so wait a minute, I could be more productive. My managers, my directors, my executives could actually be making better decisions Mm. because they're able to take stock to pause to actually be able to all of a sudden see the things sometimes we things are in front of our face Mm -hmm. and we just don't see it and sometimes sometimes we can't think because our we're so cluttered in our brain we're so i would say that happens a lot you know so we can't make decisions that are either obvious or that need to be creative Mm -hmm. because in order to have creativity right and to have those eureka moments sometimes you have to be able to like have some sort of a pause like I always tell people that things get really loud when you can get quiet. All of a sudden it emerges. What does that mean? It means that if you can just quiet your brain and just sit in silence or just have a moment of pause as an executive. That message comes through to you? There's a a message loud and clear? Like Tony Soprano with the Grand Canyon when he was on Mescaline. (laughs) And he yelled, I get it! Remember he was yelling, I get it! Totally. Tony got it to you. So so the great thing about the smartphone, the great thing about this, the smartphone that all of us own and possess and leave in our hand 21 hours a day is that it allows us to work anywhere, anytime, all the time, sure. get stuff done. The terrible thing about this phone is that it allows us to work anywhere, anywhere anytime, anytime, do anything. That is the great paradox of this. What do you say to people that are now going to say, well, I'm downloading a meditation app mm-hmm. on my smartphone. Some of these might be okay, but ideally- We were just talking about it. It was on the plane. There's, I mean- all right? It's everywhere. But yeah. It's everywhere. I'm but on some there, of those apps, by okay, the way. Okay, but isn't there yeah. irony in some of the blue light coming through and the busyness and the- well, I mean, no, you're, so you're, you're, first of all, your eyes are closed mm-hmm. most, most of the time. They're supposed to be. They're supposed what to be. What am I listening to? I'm white noise. What am I listening to? No, you're listening to somebody's voice okay. who's guiding you and telling you what to do. You can be not listening Gilbert to Godfrey, music. Not Gilbert Godfrey right? Because he'd be terrible on no, a meditation no. app. Well, I will tell you the beach yeah. one, when, being at the beach, laying down, yeah. closing your eyes, and then having somebody guide you through yes. that, getting you to a place, it was definitely cool. There's no... Doubt about it. I was I'm, joking I'm about, a go-go guy. I was joking about Gilbert Godfrey. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Close yeah. your eyes. Yeah, of course. Well, I mean, it's like Liam said to you earlier. You said, do you meditate? And he said, I can't meditate to the voice of my mom because it's the same voice that tells sense. me to do homework and the same <laughs> one that tells me to do, take the laundry <laughs> and the garbage out. <laughs> Le- 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 Liam is your son. So that yeah. voice you can't separate is it. very significant. Yeah, I mean, no, the voice is significant. And the good news is, is that there's thousands of voices. Like yes. if you use there. So I'm on an app called Insight Timer. And Insight Timer, I like to say it's like the YouTube of meditation. And it's great because there's thousands of different voices that are on the app. So if you connect to like a Hugh Grant and you want a British voice or if you want like a deep, you know, voice like, uh, like Barry White. Yeah. Or, like or, me and Steve. Right, yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You can find the voice <laughs> that you can connect with. And you're right. It shouldn't be necessarily Gil- Gilbert Godfrey or like Fran Drescher and the nanny. Like I get that. You know, it's got to be a. Do people realize the mind is the most powerful it in is. all of existence it is more it, than our nuclear weaponry we created that with our mind people are, are they aware that their mind controls their health 
controls their destiny, their fate? Are they aware that through breathing and meditation, they can change everything in their life and make it that much better? Yeah, are they aware? more so today than ever before in our history. Kenny says yes. Kenny, Ken, Ken <laughs> yeah. is agreeing. Um, remote viewing. That's a very real thing. People don't know what that is, I don't think. Remote viewing? Remote viewing. Yeah, with the ability to focus in meditation so deep, you can actually see outside of your body other things around right. the world. That transcendental meditation. Transcendental, and we yeah. did it, I think, uh, post World War II, and we had some of our soldiers in this. It's a long story, Steve, but it involves your ability wherever you're sitting to actually be a fly on the wall inside of other places around wow. the world live, which means there's a whole different level of consciousness. That's a real thing. Uh, so, so I know we're running out of time, but you know, for me. Do you reach a place where you know you got there? Like all of a sudden, you said like eight weeks. Yeah, you Do you realize. all of a sudden go, oh my God, this is it? This is what I was looking for? I mean, really? eight yeah. weeks doesn't sound like a big commitment. No. For you, 10 minutes a day? I mean, it's not. Like, not a huge commitment. So there's two to things. To How do you place? know when you get there? How do you know right, when you're there? So you know when you suddenly stop after eight weeks and you're like, eh, great, I did it, you know, and, and nothing happened. And then you stop and you're like, oh my God, like it... It's drastic. It, the difference is drastic between what I feel like mm. throughout the day and what I felt like before. Oh. So I need to get back to it. And all of a sudden you, you, you realize it. People mostly realize it when they try to stop or when they stop for a few days and they think, oh, that I didn't, you know, even if you sit for t- the first 10 minutes for the first four weeks and you're thinking to yourself, oh my God, this 10 minutes feels like a lifetime. Am I doing it right? Is this over yet? What do I ha- when do I have to go pick up the dry cleaning? I got to do this today. You know, it's the ability to bring your mind back to the breath and to recognize, be mindful that you're having thoughts and then say, wait, 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 I'm having a thought. Let me just go back to the breath. And, and being able to redirect, pattern interrupt, right? So, so I will say this, the best way to cultivate the habit, and there's no right or wrong time to meditate. You know, you could really do it at any time. But if you really want to develop the habit, I use an acronym and I took this from my friend David G, who I co-teach with a lot. And- it's RPM, which is rise, pee, meditate. And if you can rise out of bed, set your intention for the day, mm-hmm. roll onto a cushion on the floor, mm-hmm. prop yourself up against your backrest, your backboard of your headboard of your uh, of your bed, whatever works for you, without going back to sleep, and then just spend that ten minutes instead of snoozing, actually meditate. That's the best time to do it because wow. then you're not busy during the day Bam. and you're not too tired at night and, you know. Bam. Look at that. The time flew by. 31 minutes just like that. That was about the fastest podcast we've done. Well, I mean, that was. For good reason. Everybody's going to make their lives fast, better. Man. Chief Mindful Officer, Yuru Meditation and Mindfulness, Shelly Tegelski. Thank you so much for the time you're and for welcome. enlightening right. us all. Enlightening us all. Good. I'm going to teach you about remote viewing. It's helpful in the casino. You can see what the dealer's whole card is. <laughs> You're like, he's got a 16. I don't need to hit here. Steve, uh, other than Father's Day yesterday, you always tell us something good. So as we put a bow on number 69, why don't you do that once again and tell us something good? So June is my favorite month because uh, I had Father's Day yesterday, and in two weeks I turned 59. Wow. So I have You're going to be 59? I will be 59 years old. And so I, I am you were younger than that. I'm happy, and I'm going to look at this meditation practice as something to make myself better in my sixtieth turn around the globe. Amen awesome. To that. Like Faith Hill said, just breathe. Just breathe. Breathing is half the battle. 
In if, through the nose? If it's with her, I, I, I'm more inclined. <laughs> well, <laughs> you and I both. Or her husband, actually, too. Yeah, he's yeah, pretty cool. He's all right, I'm too. A, I'm a Tug McGraw For fan, Steve so. Noodleberg, Josh Today Cohen. was great. So, yes, thanks. Fantastic. Thank you again, Shelly. Appreciate welcome. you. Thanks. Uh, again, for Steve, Josh saying thank you for listening. We'll catch you next time on the Confessions of a Serial Salesman, the podcast. So long.